You may have played poker, but playing poker in Texas is a different animal. This is the Texas Poker Podcast with Tyler and Clint. Hello, this is the Texas Poker Podcast. I'm Tyler. This is Clint. What's up, y'all? And we are back at episode 89. Episode 89. Uh... Well, we did get some poker playing done this week, so it's a uh, got because we have your two cash game sessions, and then my cash game and a tournament session. Well, I guess first we need to address why we're releasing late this week. Oh God! Well, <laughs> I mean, I don't know anybody wants to hear about this, but it's <laughs> if you go to a McDonald's in Woodville, uh, <laughs> don't get the holiday pie. Got a uh, horrid food poisoning. Uh, and it was, it was shitty. It was very <laughs> shitty. <laughs> yeah, so I knew it was bad whenever I was going to the poker room and you were like, I'll call you whenever I'm on the road. And I just never got a phone call or text uh, or yeah. reply to any message. I was like, is Clint dead? I was yeah. like, what is going on? Yeah, you called me. And I, was, I was on the value back from my dad's who lives out in kind of like two hours away from Houston where there's a very sporadic gas stations. And when you get food poisoning, not a great place to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm. But you did play some, and I played some um, interesting sessions this week as well. Yeah, it's a. Uh, uh, we didn't really talk about where we wanted to start with it. So uh, where where do you want to You want to start with the 101 Katie? Sure. Did you play a session before the 101 Katie one, or was that your first session of the week when we both were there? Uh, I guess it would be my first session... It was definitely my first session of the week. Okay. I'm not sure if we covered any, everything from last week or not, but I think we caught up. Oh, all right. We'll kick it from here then, from the 101 Katie session. So we both played at 101 Katie this week. Um, and I guess the first hand to note was um, I had Queen Jack suited. In a multi-way pot, I flopped top pair with my queen and on a flush draw board. And guy bets pretty big because I mean it was like probably fifty. The table we just made a table. Normally when the for tables first join, the opening is normally like fifteen. That sounds right. Yeah. So it was like I think it was three or four people to the flop. I flopped top pair with the jack kicker, and I was like, this is pretty good, right? With a um, flush draw on board. I definitely feel like it's the best until I, you know, hear otherwise. So guy bets. Um, I think it was maybe like thirty. Which is a pretty small bet, considering. Well, okay. The preflop, you said it was... It, four people. Four it people. was four people at how much? Fifteen. Fifteen? So about 15, half pot. So, okay, half pot. Okay. Easy call for me. Easy call. Um, Turn brings in the flush, and it checks around. Okay, well, that's... Actually, I still feel like I'm good here. And then the river, I get my two pair... Uh, with my Jack River Jack, so, so top River two. Jack for top two pair. Yep. Um, and then the guy bets like just over pot. I remember thinking that was a gigantic bet. And then the other guy raised him, I believe. And I was like, "Wow, I'm out of here. This is a flush all day." Was is what I was thinking in the moment. Yeah, I, I mean, it is a very weird sequence of events. I will say that. Right, but we learn more about these players after. Yeah. 
Um, I fold. The other guy calls his raise. I was like, oh, God. I was like, well, <laughs> let me pat myself on the back as I see them turn over, you know, the sets, the, the flushes. And they turned over just random lesser two pairs, like um, like queen six, which I was behind on the river or right. to the river. But um, that was pretty frustrating. That Yeah, that's because I was like, is that really a nitty for like, should I be folding like that? And I was like, because I was kind of debating because it wasn't a gigantic raise. It was one of those ones where like the guy bets pot and the guy just over min clicks it. But I was like, it feels like it's that too usually, much action. That usually feels pretty nutted to me. Uh, I mean, it's very weird to see the flush check through on the turn. Uh, so normally I either put that as there's no flush or it's a nut flush. Because like 8-6 suited when it makes a flush is not going to ever check that through. I mean, not that they shouldn't every now and then, but it's just, you know, everybody's going to be scared of that other club. Mm. So, or diamond or whatever, whatever the hell yeah. it is. Uh, so, uh, I, once it checks through, I'm never thinking that, but I have noticed some people will check the nut flush just on that. And I don't know, a min rage right there looks pretty, I, it's kind of weird. I mean, it's, it's very weirdly played. It's very hard to play correct when the plays are that weird. Cause that's kind of a weird raise with two pair there. Yeah, um, and it was, a, and he was the one who raised with a lesser two pair. He was the guy who, I think he had like jack four or something, or jack six. I was yeah. just all sorts of, uh, well, I guess I was ahead of him <laughs> uh, to the river, but yeah. So I was like, well, that was, and I remember thinking it was a pretty gigantic pot, and I was like, man, that was pretty frustrating. So the very next hand I get, I get seven deuce of clubs. And I'm like, well, whatever. I raise. Um, I was like, now I'm frustrated. So I raise. Um, seems like everyone calls, doesn't it? I mean, nobody was folding at that table, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure. I don't even remember exactly the order, but I know no one folded almost any hand at that first table. So um, the so the flop comes two clubs, and it was like, I think it was queen or jack high. Okay. And I was like, well, beautiful I flop. For what I was you're like, doing. well, this, yeah, exactly. I was like, well, I could rep this queen, um, this high card, and I have the club, so that's you know pretty great. Mm-hmm. I bet. Um, how much did I bet? I bet like fifty. Okay. Uh. I guess I like this. I mean, no, here, it was he, less. It was less. It was less because um, on the turn, I remember the bet was like similar to the same. So I must have bet like thirty-five. I mean, the problem is when it's when these hands when they go very multi-way, there's so little fold equity. Uh, I could go with a check or bet the way this is. I mean, if well, I mean, because we, we think there's probably like four, four or five to the flop. Yes. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, when you flop, when you flop this, I mean, every now and then you the you can uh, bluff here and take it down with if nobody hits the queen and the flush. Yeah, I like this bet here. Very nice. Um, get two callers. Okay. I turn a seven. So now you do have some showdown value, but probably not enough. So I check. Okay. Guy bets like thirty again. 
So it should be a very small bet into this pot. Yeah, it, I remember it was like same bet. Other guy calls it, right? So now you're just calling this all day. Uh, probably should. I raised. Oh, wow. I did not remember that part of it. I, yeah. did not, I remember you raising. I don't remember that's where this happened. Wow, this is a ballsy raise here. It was. I raised about 150. Both call. Oh. I'm like, wow, disaster. Both call? <laughs> Both call. I was out to lunch on what happened in this hand. This is this sounds like seems like the worst disaster. Oh, trust me. I'm looking at my stack. Like, am I just shoving any river now? Because only bought in for 400. I just raised a one. I mean, yeah. This is getting really dicey here. Well, I don't think you should shove any river. I will say because here's the thing: is you don't have enough to make them go away. And at this point, it seems like somebody's got a queen, and they are not. Like I tell you, all, all getting trying to get people to fold top pairs and low limit poker. I mean, you might as well burn money. Um, I break the river, no okay. flush, just pair of sevens, best kicker. Um, <laughs> got the board backing me up. Um, so I check. It checks around. The other two guys check. They both bricked. The same flush draw I'm on with no pair. Pair of sevens takes it down. A gigantic pot. I mean, this is just... I mean, when you showed your hand, it tilted me. <laughs> you seem <I'm>, tilted. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm like, I'm going to here, Tyler, being about some bad beat or anything on this. And this dude's over here playing deuce seven. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, just... I can't say how much I hate this hand, uh, but I will say it was very interesting. You're right. We're both happy I won. Yeah, I'm very happy <laughs> you won that hand. That's pretty much the only... I mean, I guess to be fair, like I like the bet on the flop. I I think the raise on the turn is burning money. Definitely uh, felt it at the time, yeah. Yeah, it's a... Uh, I don't know... I mean, I like I can't get ever behind. Once you get showdown value, it seems even a little bit of showdown value, it seems like you would just call there. But I don't know. I mean, the the entire thing is, yeah. I'm glad you won. That's uh, that's yeah. where I'm gonna go with it, man. I have nice. no. I, I can't think of anything else there. All right, we all know if I won, it was a good play. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so after that one. Almost the very, so, uh, like maybe one or two hands go by and that guy was like, one of the guys, he was like, you played seven deuce and oh, cause he limped and I raised him. That's what it was a uh, preflop. And he was like, you raised my limp with seven deuce. And I was like, yeah, I mean, sure. You know, I mean, I was like you, also one with seven. I deuce. mean, it's hard to lie at this point when, the, <laughs> yeah. when there's like face up on the table. <laughs> well, no, no, this was a little bit after. This was oh, a little okay. bit after. So he was, he took a mental note of that, right? Okay. I was like, well, that's good. You know, creating my image for me. Um, that it is. Then I get dealt pocket queens versus the same guy, and I make it 20. And he three bets me to 75. Okay. How big are you making this raise? Uh, Folds around back to me. Wait, he didn't make it 75, did he? Mm-hmm. I thought, I don't think he raised and you three. I think yours was a three bet. I don't think it was a, wait, was it a four bet? 
I thought it was. Because you said I made it gigantic. Like, I didn't think it was that much. No, that would be very small. Like, I think something's happening here where I either don't think he raised that. Because I, I thought it was like 40 to go and you made it 175. 40 to go. So maybe I must have made it 15 and he made it 40. I think so. I mean, so, I, the, the, I remember thinking this four bed is just way the way out to lunch here. Come on. So, <laughs> uh, so I mean, I, there's no way it was 75 because I would have. I definitely remember thinking like, oh god, this is way too big. I could have sworn I made it 20 because I'll tell you why. But okay, so let's say. So okay, so you make it 20. Is there any? I think he might have. You think he might have min raised? He did that quite a bit. And some people called behind me before it got to him. Well, that's true. That that, mm-hmm. that definitely does change things. Yep. So I was like, okay, two callers, and he makes it. You thought 40? I thought 50, but, I mean, that's kind of nitpicky either way, right? Kind of nitpicky, yeah. 40 or 50 either way. So I go to raise, and I put out, I thought I put out 125, right? But the dealer had scooped my 20 in. Okay. So then, whenever I went to put the money down, he had already scooped my money in. So then he was like, oh, here you go. So I was like, well, I guess that on top of it too, I guess. So were you trying to make it 125? 125, yeah. But the dealer oh, okay. scooped well, my money in and then put it. Then I was like, well, we'll just include that in the raise then. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, then we're right on the same lines. I mean, now thinking of what his bet was, I mean, I obviously thought it was uh, bigger or smaller than it was. Mm-hmm. And now knowing that you really made a, made it, went to make it 125. Uh, we're kind of on the same page because that's probably about two, about two and a half times. Yeah, I was that's, thinking it was too gigantic, especially with no. that dead money behind me. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. We're on the same page now. I uh, apparently read the situation wrong when I was at the table. Well, I thought maybe that extra twenty might have thrown you off, whenever because it ended up being you know one forty-five. Yeah, it's a. Uh, yeah, that definitely did throw me off. Well, your original your raise was one seventy-five. I remember that. Okay, so then I must have tried to make it 155 then. Yeah, that sounds so, right. Yeah. That, that, yeah, see, I normally go a little bit more than 2.5, so that makes a lot more sense. Okay. So he calls. The flop comes all low cards, and I'm like, well, all in, I guess? You know? Sure. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, well, because he now has, like, he only had, like, about a half pot size bet left. Mm-hmm. And he snap calls, and he shows King-10 offsuit for no draw, no pair. I mean, I almost just fell out of my chair at this point when he, I mean, when he calls your four bet with King 10 off, I just, I uh, just could not understand, which I, obviously it comes in your seven deuce. Play well, comes cause he it, said right? afterward, he's like, well, I thought I had a read on you from the hand. I was like, he's like bad read though. Bad read. I was like, you know, it happens, you know? I mean, uh, yeah, I was. Well, I mean, because King 10 off. And granted, I just a lot of players are not playing poker. They're not studying the way we are. But it literally couldn't be one of the worst hands to ever. You'd be better off calling with 5-7 suited. Yeah, no, 100%. And he probably would have won. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but again, I mean, heavy recreational player. Obviously has plenty of money in life. Just there to have a good time. 
So, well, you got to love players like that. I, mean, I just was I was shocked even for a recreational player that was such a weird play that I was just so shocked at this point. I have noticed whenever you show recreational players like that who are um obviously pretty successful in life and, you know, businesses or whatever they do, right? Right. That when you show them a bluff, oftentimes it leads to gigantic blunders for them. Yeah, that's they don't like I mean, a lot of players like that don't like that. Oh, a hundred percent. I definitely see. I definitely see that new seven. I don't agree with the play. Like me and you are very at opposite ends of the spectrum. You will do the stuff like this to set up later plays. I don't ever think giving up EV to maybe get better EV later. I just I can't do that. So we're on opposite ends of the spectrum. But I will admit, it does help to a certain degree i mean without a doubt say <laughs> let's go to the next hand where it continues to help <laughs> so, let's just chop this argument down for you <laughs> these are all pretty interesting hands so yeah go for it so the next hand i get i get was it six seven or five six i don't really remember uh it was six seven six seven okay so i get six seven of hearts i make it 20 pre-flop um after you show the do seven, everyone calls. Uh, <laughs> even Clint's in the action sometimes. Um, <laughs> so so I, uh, the flop comes six, seven, eight, all diamonds. Okay. What are you doing here? Um, first to act. Uh, I'm definitely betting. I'm not just going to assume somebody has a straight or flush yet. Uh, I'm betting, I'm probably betting small. Uh, probably about a third pot here. See, I went the opposite. I bet big. Because I figured um, I'm getting called by all the high diamonds, all the pair plus straight draws. Plenty of stuff that I felt like I could get value from. Uh, there's a lot you can get value from. There's a lot that has you beat here, though, to me, too. Yeah, but it requires them flopping really good hands. And I'm hoping they didn't. <laughs> so, I bet pretty big get it heads up, right? That's a really good result. Yes. Um, might have been 50. Okay. That sounds about right. I was that betting 50 a lot. Right. Um, against a pretty aggressive player. I would say he's a very a pretty good thinking player. Mm -hmm. Which, um, he saw the seven deuce hand, all that, right? Um the turn comes as a complete brick, like deuce of hearts. Okay. I bet 150. And he calls. Okay. The river completely bricks out. No diamond, nothing, right? It was, well, I don't even, I'm not even considering this a complete brick. I think it was a king. Um,. Yeah, but I was putting him on, like, pairs plus straight draws and flush draws. Well, no, I, I, I get that. I mean, I'm just, yeah. for what's about to happen, I think okay. it, I think it's going to come into play a little bit. Okay. Um, And I'm thinking that this guy is going to, after seeing that, those hands, will pay off a pretty reasonable size bet here. I'm going to make this look like I missed with just a single diamond. So I bet 300 which I guess in correlation to the pot, not that big, but still a lot of money. Yeah. I bet 300. He snap calls. I turn it over quickly. I know I'm good. I'm good. He showed a pair of sevens. I did not think 
you I thought you squeezed every little bit of value on this hand that you possibly could out of it. Uh with the flush and the straight out there, I definitely thought this could be something I would I do not know how much if I'm betting that river, it's way smaller. I thought you got insane amount of value on this. When he flips over just a seven and then mucks the other card, uh I was just super shocked. I mean, that is not a... For a player who I considered pretty good, that's a weird time to hold on for the entire time. You raised preflop. You have all the overpairs in your range, although this is such a wet board. He's probably right that you're not playing the overpairs that way. Uh, but there's the flushes, the straights, the sets, the two pairs. I mean, I just thought this was... And, it, like, and that's why I thought the king was not a complete brick is even if you had ace-king with, like, the ace of diamonds or something, then you then you got there with the, with the king. That's why I thought it wasn't a complete brick, is it does hit your range a little bit. You think he had seven-deuce? Uh, <laughs> you think he tried playing seven-deuce back at me in turn two pair? Maybe. I mean, that would make, that a, would make a lot more sense. That would make a lot more sense with the snap call, right? Yeah, when the I flush, mean, the four card flush bricks. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I guess it's a possibility. It would make a little bit more sense. And maybe, I mean, he would show the seven, not want to show the deuce. That makes. I guess that does make a little bit of sense on that. Uh, I don't know if it's just a seven. I just There's thought it was no so way. weird. I just thought it was so weird to get that much value out of a seven here. Well, try to make it look like a bluff and got paid off, so that was that, nice. That was a very well-played hand. I just, like I say, I, it was kind of floored on how much value you got out of that. I mean, those are basically the only real interesting hands. The other ones were just kind of, I mean, betting and hitting, which was nice. I mean, nothing got a ton. I mean, you want to talk about being in all the action, though. I was played almost every hand. I was getting, I mean, probably more pocket pairs that session than I've gotten in last two months yeah i thought your v pip was really high and then you just told it me like, after the session you got really good hands actually let's go over this oh, hand what about that 10-8 hand 10-8 suited whenever it was versus that the older guy when he when he we assume he had ace king i'll, I'll just hit it for yeah, you I'll, I'll just, yeah you're gonna have to go uh, yeah i kind of remember it but i I'll, don't remember yeah you'll, you'll remember it as soon as i start telling it okay okay so I have 10-8 suited in early position, right? And when my V-pip is this high, I know this is going to sound like a complete kind of nubby, just a noob explanation, but I feel like I want to throw some limps in because I'm going to start getting three bet. So I did open limp. Okay. Yeah. I know. Clint's like, no, I'm going to punch mean, you right now. Yeah, Calm down. I mean, I mean, there's no way for me to no, I know, I, I hate know. this. But go for it. But they're just my thought. It's just so I wanted to play the hand. I was like, well, I mean, this is going to be me, you know, opening to 15, 20, like four or five hands in a row. I was like, maybe instead, let me let me try limping this hand just to see what happens in this table, this aggressive table. Okay. Um. I get three bet or not three bet get raised. It gets raised. Um, he rakes it like, was it 20 or 15? I think it was 20 because I think a lot of people limped. Yeah. I think it was 20. Um, I call and like two or three other people call 
Okay. Um, the flop comes. I see a 10 in the window. 10, king, 8. And I, no one on our side of the table was in the hand. I kind of just mumbled. I was like, ooh, someone's going to get hurt in this hand. This is going to be a big <laughs> one. So I, I mumbled to you. Yeah. I was like, because, I mean, this is, this is, we're not folding now. So I check. And everyone checks back to the preflop raiser. He makes it 35. I raise him to 150. Everyone folds. He tanks, calls. The turn is a deuce of hearts, complete brick. Right. I bet 350. And he tank folds. I thought I thought you were so full of shit this hand. I wish uh, I was. Yeah, I mean it was <laughs> uh so I because I'm sitting there thinking from your perspective on when you limp call. I'm like, well, okay, you're never doing this with pocket eights. You're never doing this with pocket tens. Obviously, not pocket kings. Uh, so I, yeah, it was I was just running out of hands for you to really. I mean, king ten. Most if you're gonna get into it, it seems like you're gonna just raise king ten. I'd raise. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Oh, it was a very draw-heavy board. Because I was thinking of, like, well, Jack, Nine of Diamonds. Because there were two diamonds on yep. there. So I was like, okay, well, you do this with Jack, Nine of Diamonds, Queen, Jack of Diamonds. But I was like, hands you would also raise. So I was <laughs> like, I when you did this, I was going through all the range of hands. And I thought you were just so full of shit on this hand. Until uh, after the session when you told me you had 8-10 right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess, yeah, well played after... Uh, I was kind of thinking after we discussed it, should you bet smaller on the turn, trying to get more value from him? I mean, you want to talk about a guy who was like just a vault, huh? I could not get value from that guy for anything after cooling him, cooling him. Yeah, it's uh. But that being said, the more I thought about it, the more I was like, well, getting a fold there because there's almost no hands on the river. There's very few cards on the river that's gonna look real good for your hand. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean, there's it, almost everything, like, creates some type of straight or flush. Oh, 100%. So, or or a bigger two-pair. or So, I was like, lay, I, for, like, I did have a thing where I was like, well, if you go for, like, bet 200, you could probably get value from him there. But I'm like, well, actually... You're making him pay for a good card if he wants say, it, and then really like the, good odds, right? I'm yeah, giving... and then the if the river uh, hits, hits. I mean, it's gonna get real weird because at that point it's gonna be a shove. Yeah, hundred percent. So uh, no, that was a really well played hand. Like I said, I was completely floored by what you had. Uh, I don't love the pre flop limp. Uh, limp there, but do you have any? What do you think about that, though, whenever you're getting those type of hands? I mean, you're just folding 10-8 suited if you feel like your V-pip is too high. Um, well, I mean, I just go... I mean, I, I'm just looking to play correct from the preflop chart perspective, unless I'm, like, kind of making it a little bit more or less versus what the big blind's doing or the guy to my left. Uh, but at the end of the day, if I'm if I'm playing the correct correct hands from the correct position... I mean, if they want to three bet me, I mean they will. But I'm going to continue with the correct percentage, and there shouldn't really be a leak there. Yeah, no, I just I don't know. For some reason, I just felt like I, that was a hand too limp. Oddly, I don't know. I just whenever I open 
open like four hands in a row to 20, I feel like it's weird to just keep doing it. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I think you overestimate people's ability to adjust. Like, literally, that was the only guy who three-bet the entire session on that table that I remember without a just a monster hand. Yeah, I'm sure he had a monster hand. He might have had uh, aces there. He might. Well, have he had... was three betting pretty. Yeah, he, he yeah. three bet me several times, uh, fairly consistently. But he had good hands every time he three bet you, right? I don't know. I mean, I folded. I mean, I, like I, oh. I always was kind of at the bottom of my range, and I was like, well, I just let it go. Well, I mean, that was basically it. I actually had a very uh, big winning session, so that was nice. How much did you end up? Well, like a little bit over thirteen hundred, I guess. That's a pretty goddamn good session. My session, not as great as that, but it was, <laughs> uh, I was going to go over this hand, because I think it led to that one where he called you with a pair of sevens. Yeah. It's a, uh, so I have pocket aces, and I bet 20, and two people call. The flop is 5-6-4, uh, I believe rainbow. I bet 20 again. I'm betting small here. This is not a flop that's good for me uh, on this. But it's one that is very much I need to bet. Uh, both call. And once both call, I'm very... At this point now, I'm very cautious. I'm going to probably be checking a lot of turns here. Uh, the turn is even worse. It's an 8. Yeah, this is literally... This is one of the worst hand, the worst runouts for you. Just, ugh. So, I check. It goes check, check, check. So I'm like, well, I might, I'll probably have the best hand here. The river comes. It was like a disconnect. It was like a kind of a disconnected card. Mm, I think. It, mm. I say it wasn't that disconnected. Yeah, I, mean, I think it was like a ten or a jack or something. Definitely yeah. had the possibility of like two pairs and stuff, right? Yeah. So I, I mean, at this point, I'm just checking. It checks all the way down. Well, once it checks all the way down, I think I'm probably good. I flip over pocket aces, and the guy to my left flips over a nut straight. He had, like, it was four cards to a straight, but he had, like, the mega nut straight. He had, like, nine, seven, and if you had a seven, it was just to the eight. So any seven, he's beating with uh, the straight to the nine. So it was, it was something like that. Because I remember I wasn't really watching the hand that much. I saw the run. I was like, dear Lord. But <laughs> so I was like, any seven? I'm like, did I have a seven? I'm like, I might have. But <laughs> and then he turned over that. And he had the what do you call, like the mega nuts, right? So yeah, and he, I mean, it like tilted him off the. I mean, you could tell after that. I mean, when he saw my hand, I mean, he was tilted to no end. I don't, I don't know what. I mean, we've all had a hand go off the rails before. I don't know what his theory was on that. I don't know how you check the turn in river with that hand, but because I have to pay off a small river bet at least. I mean, even a, even I don't want to say a not like a gigantic one, but you're probably paying half pot, right? Uh, if he checks the probably, turn and then just I mean, randomly bets the river. I mean, I got to be right one out of twenty five, one out of four times. I feel like you definitely are. I mean, I probably do have to call a half pot bet. Or just under, I mean, just right around there. I mean, I feel like you're definitely paying that off. Yeah, I think half pot to lower, I'm probably paying off. Uh, full pot, I'll probably let it go. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it, it, it tilted him. I think that led to some of that, him calling with that pair of sevens in your hand. Because, I mean, you could tell he was just kind of, that just sent him off the train tracks there. No, absolutely. Uh, but I was real happy. I mean, talk about happy to get your aces cracked. 
I mean, talk about losing the bare minimum. I was going to say that, but I figured it would be bad taste at the table with the guy there. And then you just said it right after <laughs> a few minutes later. I was like, wow, I guess Clint doesn't care. <laughs> Cause I was thinking that too. Well, but. I'll take a little percentage of that, of that value bet for that pair of sevens. Cause maybe that, maybe that made that call, that comment. Yeah, I'll just give you action on my session. We go over later. Oh, well, that's great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let me see. Uh, okay, that same player who called your uh, four bet with King Ten off, uh, he bets fifteen. It comes around to me. I have King Queen off. Guys in every hand, he's raising a lot of random shit. I'm like King Queen off is too good not to three bet here. Especially right player dependent. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent is player dependent. Uh, this is not usually in my three betting range, but with this player, it definitely is. Uh, I make it 45, he calls. Missed the, missed the flop completely. Uh, it's all low cards. Thing is, is I probably at this point would have bet 30, hoping to get him off of it. He leads in 15 to me. I'm like, well, I'm not folding for 15 bucks in a $95 pot. Yep. Uh, so I call. The turn pairs the board. He now bets 20. Oh, this is the hand where he was looking at his chips debating going all in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Knowing his hand and every... I mean, like we already covered this guy. It's not like he's studying or anything, just out there having a good time. I mean, if he jams there, he wins. Oh, I mean, 100%. I have yeah, nothing. Yeah, but I for $20 in this massive pot, it's an easy call. Yeah, I mean, he's now bet 20 into what should be about... $120. I mean, yeah. So I make the call. I mean, I actually, I make the call thinking I could hit. I make the call thinking with the way this is bet, I could be good. Especially with that guy. Yeah. So. Uh, the river's a queen. He goes all in. Obviously, once I get here, uh, his all in is only, shit, maybe, it's only probably about a pot size bet. Maybe just under, actually. I thought it was under. I thought it was for yeah. sure under. Uh. He goes all in. Obviously, I snap call. He has pocket fours, and I'm good, which is just the weirdest weirdest way to play because if you're going to lead out in the preflop raiser, granted, this is not a guy who studies, so sitting there thinking yeah. about like there. But, yeah, if he jams that turn or bets think, the flop hard, there's literally it puts any pressure on me whatsoever, I go away. I think this really just emphasizes on the um... – Bet sizing, right? How that can be such a big leak, too. Oh, God, yeah. So, and so I think it's one of the bigger things that, like, once you get, like, kind of go from beginner to intermediate, I think bet sizing is probably one of the biggest things you can get value from. Yeah, or even just below intermediate, still beginner stage. But yeah. that is one of the things that I think um, goes from, like, a really green player to still almost intermediate. Well, and you kind of. There's a lot of bet sizings that make sense. Like, your bet sizing are typically now higher than mine. I've kind of lowered mine, but they're still within making sense. Like, we're not betting over pot on the flop, you know, or, <laughs> yeah. or you know, betting $10 into $120. As long as it's something that kind of is standard and makes sense, it's, you're probably not, le the leak probably isn't too big, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But... 15 into 90, that's a big league. <laughs> uh, let me see. The straddle has a 10 out there. I didn't realize. 
Oh, yeah, I remember that hand. Okay, so... Wasn't that when you had aces? No. Uh... No, that happened whenever you had aces. You already went over oh, that hand. Oh, no, this is uh, something different. Uh, So I have, I think... No, I have queen ten. Uh, There's a straddle out there with ten on the button. I didn't put it together that it's actually six. And raised way too big with queen ten. Oh, I make it. I make it thirty, from kind of late position. Uh, Wait, then a player 30? goes all in for eighty. Thirty. I don't mind thirty. Thirty when it's the bet is only six with a queen ten. Well, no, no, no. I don't like it with queen ten. But um, I mean, with there's money. I mean, I normally thirty on a button straddles from my general open. Uh, I would usually go like. 20 or I'd usually do about 20 for uh, this button. I, I don't think any nobody had called either. No, normally people call. Normally I like 30. Yeah, because I, I don't make this move with queen 10 if there's calls in between either. Uh, but it was folder, so folded to me a lot of in sense. late position. So I, I would have definitely done. But I do 30. The player goes all in for 80. Uh, Oh, yeah, I'm this like, was well, funny. I, I'm <laughs> like, well, this is the worst hand I'm going to show up with here. But it's 50 to win, one, 110. I mean, if I'm live, I definitely have to be calling here. And I call him actually ahead, and he has jack seven. It just, I mean, the player was very tilted, too. I mean, you could. it was the oh, same yeah. guy who would, screwed up with the pocket aces and then the your, uh, pair of seven. So he was... Ready to hit the road. Yeah, I mean... I, this is a play I actually do understand because I've been there before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I end up being queen high is end up being good there. It was weird because he's like, you're good. And like the run out is all lower cards than a queen. And I was <laughs> like, I can't be good. I mean, I yeah. literally can't think of anything that doesn't have an ace or king on it that is not pairing this board here. Apparently it was only two cards in the deck. Uh, I got one more hand that was pretty decent. Uh, King nine of clubs, make it 35 over the straddle and some calls. There's two calls. The flop is King Jack five. I make it 35 and then there's one call. Uh, the turn is the six. I think about betting, but my kicker is so weak here. Uh, with these small bets, because thirty-five into this into this uh, pot is very small, I probably can bet for value here. But I nine is just such a shitty kicker. I decided to check it. Oh yeah, I think so. I like I like having some some checks there. Yeah, the river is a he checks. I am in position. Uh, I feel like at this point, two check behinds. I need to go for a little bit of value here. I bet 50, very small. He calls, and he has ace-jack, and I'm good. Nice. Uh, there was one kind of that was good. I got pocket aces to pocket kings. Only problem being it was the shortest stack at the table. So that was kind of... I mean, it's kind of nice to get that, but also kind of sad. Anyone else, I completely double up through. Uh, and there was one kind of buff, uh, buffoon deal where I had ace-queen... I thought you were about to say there was a buff, dude. I was like, get out of here. No. <laughs> I was about to say, if you have that in your notes. <laughs> yeah. He, I mean, I was looking for workout tips. What can I say? Uh, it's, uh, I have ace-queen, flop-top pair. 
and he turns a flush and gets value from me on the turn in river for kind of smallish bets, but it was a turn that made the flush and paired the board, paired the middle card, which was probably the worst card in the deck. I probably should be getting away from that. It was it was like a quarter pot bet and then like a fifth pot bet, but it was sizable at that point. Do you think I can fold there? Which player was it against exactly? Uh, the one that was to your right. On the new table or the original table? The new table. To my right. So it's the one where actually you folded. Like, I bet he called. Yeah, yeah. And you folded an ace, I think, on the on the uh, flop. And then the turn made the flush. Mm, yeah. Um, I don't remember that player that well. Um, for the small bets, I don't... I don't know. It seems like literally every... I mean... I don't mind either way. I'm so close on it, you know? I mean, on the turn, I was thinking, well... Like, are one, you just folding once to... I ch- once I check... I mean, once I check the flush, could he be using it as a bluff? Or could he think that I just don't have an ace now and I was just C-betting? Well, that's like what you always say. This is this is why I was really so torn. What I was thinking about is whenever I say stuff like that and you're like, well, if you're just going to fold on any flush, wouldn't, shouldn't everyone just be betting small when the flush comes in if everyone's just going to overfold to it? So I feel like you do have to call sometimes with top top, right? Yeah, without a well, without a doubt, or I was ace pretty queen. Yeah. yeah, ace queen. Uh, you see, so it's, it feels weird just to be like, well, he has a flush and he's betting small. I'll just fold. I feel like you have to have some defense there. I mean, I obviously doesn't work out here, but I think because it pairs the board, it also takes yeah, another. Because I mean, yeah. now like, what am I hoping? What am I hoping that I call? I think he called the flop with. I mean, that's true. Pairing uh, the board, I kind of like. I'm leaning toward the fold. I forgot about the pairing the board. I mean, it's only an extra couple of outs, but it does come into play. Oh, 100%. Yeah. So it's a. Because uh, I mean, now, like, well, okay, if you had an eight flush draws there, if you had an 80s there, I'm blocking I'm blocking the A's, the A's that I hope he has. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's true. That's true. You're making a lot of good points here. Um, I do like the fold. It, I think if, if I call the turn, I think I got to fold the river. Yeah, I mean, maybe call the turn, hoping it goes check-check. But if I don't fold the turn, I think I definitely needed to fold the river here. I think that was probably, yeah, I mean, just wishful thinking. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. But, I mean, you basically hit the nail on the head with this, so. Yeah. Uh, So I ended up making a gigantic profit of $65 on this session. Still take that every day of the week if you know you're going to make money. I mean... I mean, a win is a win. I'm never gonna. I'm never gonna be sad about a win. Mm-hmm. Um, this one. I don't know if we have time to cover the next session. It might be too long. Do you want to cover your tournament real quick? Because we're about uh, a little bit over forty minutes. Uh, yeah. I mean, the tournament, you know, is just so quick because there's really no hands. <laughs> well, I guess jump to the best part. Hit him uh, with it. <laughs> so. Usually I'll do a cash game. So I just got done doing a tournament tonight. Uh, usually I'll do a cash game, but I was recovering from the food poisoning. And it was... The the cash game I do is pretty lively. And I just was not in the mood. I was sort of something more, a little bit more laid back. And it's kind of far. Yeah, it is a little far. <laughs> I mean, whenever you have a stomach that's kind of on the edge or on the fence, 
definitely don't want to be too far from home. Oh, one, yeah, without a doubt. <laughs> trust me, live that. <laughs> uh, so I ended up going and doing the freeze out at Paramount, and which ended up getting three tables. Uh, ended up taking first place in that tournament again. Uh, so that was really nice. Uh, you know, it's really hard. Like, I mean, there's just really not that many interesting hands in the tournament. I guess I can record, like, in the beginning stages a little bit more. But those are not really the key, real big hands, right? Not very often. Except for that one time at 52 when some guy went all in, like, on level three and you called him off. That was awesome. Yeah. Um, it was good. But... You know, the, the the key hands often are later in the tournament, obviously. Well, the, I mean, in the tournaments, your edge is going to be... At these daily tournaments, because I do feel like I'm one of the better players who played these tournaments. Now, if you put me in a field of, like, $1,000 entries, yeah, I'm definitely not going to be one of the better players. But in these, I usually am. Uh, it's The edge is almost in the late stage. It's so much in the late stages, because people do not play them correctly by, by far. I mean, they're just folding, getting blinded out. They're not understanding the math behind it. Well, I feel like you have way more experience than, I mean, has to be almost everybody who plays those daily tournaments. Just in tournaments in general, just because that's where you started playing poker. Yeah, I mean, that's, that started at those bar tournaments, which, I mean, granted, it wasn't great poker. But, I mean, they are lined out exactly. And the math, I mean, regardless of how people play, the math stays the same. And, I mean, that's, so I got a ton of experience in those. And, uh, like I say, I did, uh, I got all in, like, but I mean, you'd still need a little bit of luck. Like, I mean, I got all in, uh, well, you definitely need luck, but I'm saying uh, recognizing certain situations and different implications in the tournament, like that one that we played where I ended up bubbling. I mean, it was just a gigantic blunder, which I just had no experience in that situation. Yeah. But I feel like with doing all these bar tournaments, kind of sharpening your teeth kind of thing through that whenever you first started really gave you a pretty big edge in all these daily tournaments oh it definitely really helped and i mean like i've done some studying lately and it's amazing like here's one things i've really uh looked at i was getting wrong is you're supposed to be shoving like your short stacks from the button way way wider than earlier position which is common sense thing is i didn't realize how much it was a difference (laughs) How wide you're shoving? You mean? Yeah, I mean you're. It's the from early position to button. I mean it's just a gigantic difference. What I've been studying. So that's one thing that's really helped me out too. And I guess for the listeners, you're shoving so wide because you don't have to get through two players, right? That's why your range gets so much wider. Exactly. So, yeah, just yeah. You know, so, uh, but yeah, ended up taking that down. Uh, the key hands was pocket fives versus an ace ace queen. In which the pocket fives held up. I had a couple uh, shoves on top of raises. Uh, some guy tried to raise my blind from the button, and I shoved with ace queen suited. Which, I mean, these are all. That's the problem with the tournament. It's a very standard plays. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, and he folds. Uh, oh, he folds. Interesting. Yeah, it was. Uh, so it's really. Uh, so it was kind of nice. It's, it was always nice to take uh, two. Two first place uh, tournaments in a I row. I mean, ridiculous. I did not expect that when I got the phone call. Yeah, so that was kind of nice. Uh, it was an ICM chop. Oh, one thing uh, I was going to mention. It's kind of cool. The last two times I've gone to do this tournament, there's already been a cash game going at Paramount. Oh, that's cool. Well, on the freeze out, I definitely feel like they get the cash game going earlier. The 
free roll though a lot of people are rebuying and there's a ton of people there and th- so wednesday is the one that i feel like the casting doesn't start till late thursday it starts way earlier as soon as the freeze out well obviously the freeze out is frozen well i mean it's weird because it was the cash game was going before the tournament ever started oh wow okay yeah i mean i thought about doing i thought about doing cash uh but when I got there, you know, you kind of already have your mindset when you yeah. when you walk in the room, what you're going to do. And I feel like once you went through what you went through last night, the stress of a cash game, maybe the tournament would have been the move, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, lower buy-in, less stress, more just more kind of fun. laid back. Yeah, more fun, more laid back to me. Well, I guess we'll end the podcast with this. I'm going to try to make my next goal for um, the next week, next session I play. Here's going to be my goal. I'm going to play... No suited one gappers. I'm only going to play suited connectors, pocket pair, suited aces, and um, obviously Broadway cards, right? And as soon as I make the blunder of playing something out of that range, get up and leave. I think that's good. Well, I think it's very good right now because I think like... Well, I mean, because we haven't, we haven't covered the session yet, but I play another session at Texas Card House where I'm not... The hands are not going my way, and it's, um, I mean, a lot of it was like flips or, you know, live draws versus my made hand and stuff like that, right? Right. But, I, you know how, like, you can kind of feel yourself getting kind of antsy and stuff? Yeah. I kind of got to that stage, so next next session I play, I'm going to try to make, because I used to be good at playing long sessions and multi-bullet sessions and keeping my composure and stuff. Apparently, that's just way out the window. Apparently, I haven't practiced that, and that's just... I mean, well, I also think if you're going to do the longer sessions, what you're doing, what you're saying about like tightening up the pre-flop range is probably big. So, like, I mean, if you're playing like 30%, you could get away with it over two hours. But, but if you're doing six to eight hours, shit, eventually that's going to put you in some dicey situations. Mm-hmm. So it's probably really good for that longer sessions, I would think. Right. I'm going to just try to keep a mental, you know, just whenever I guess just mentally exhausted, I guess, kind of thing, you know, whether it be card dead or whatever. Um, once I play a hand out of that range, just leave. That's probably a good idea. And yeah. just see how that fares for me. Because I, I notice oftentimes I'll start off doing well and then either out of boredom or just really just boredom, I think. I think, I mean, I mean, I think fighting boredom is a big part of just beating at least low limit poker. Yeah. I used to be good at it. Apparently I'm just way out of my element now, so need to get back into the kind of the swing of things but i think this will be a good first step so i think that's a good first step well i guess on that note so next week we'll cover um the sessions we played yesterday or me yesterday um but on that note we'll talk to you next week that was the texas poker podcast go ahead and rack up add time and we'll see you next week